are listening to The Currency. Welcome. I'm your host, Mike Gaston. Thanks for joining me today. This is episode number 70 of The Currency. That's 070. It is November 22nd, Sunday, 2020. And I'm glad to be here. Glad to be behind the mic. Did a little bit of traveling this week. Just got in a day or two ago. And trying to just catch up from the trip. Had some um, great time. Uh, Mrs. Gaston accompanied me, which is rare, on a little business trip. So it was fun to have the company. And did a bunch of work. Worked pretty hard at the client's offices. Got to catch up with a bunch of great people. Do some good work. And then, of course, we're out to dinner almost every night, which is just wonderful. Got to see some great people and so on. But that 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 work, for as much as I love it, takes a little bit out of me. So I spent the weekend kind of staring at the walls here. And I'm, I'm happy to be doing a podcast episode. It's good to take a moment and put an episode together for you, my fans. <laughs> I don't know if you're really my fans, but you're clearly the audience and you're clearly listeners. And the audience has been growing. I'm very grateful for that. I'm grateful that you're here. I want to take some time because we're heading into the Thanksgiving week. You know, this is Sunday. We've got a short work week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then on Thursday, Americans all across the country will be celebrating Thanksgiving regardless of what their various municipal and uh, gubernatorial authorities say, uh, they will be getting together and celebrating Thanksgiving, giving thanks for what they have, the blessings that they have received this year. And I want to take a few minutes, uh, again, going to be a short episode, want to just take a few minutes and talk about gratitude. It strikes me, and this, this is something that I try to practice on a regular basis, but it strikes me how powerful gratitude can be. It strikes me how powerful taking a moment and being grateful for what you have can be. Now, I've experienced this in my own life. Now, you could say, hey, Mike, it's easy for you to be grateful. You're a great looking guy. You've got it all. You've got the trophy wife. You've got the massive bank account. You're just successful. Everything you touch turns to gold. And, and you would be right. <laughs> That's totally me. Those of you that know me in, in real life are like, yeah, he's got private jets. He's got assistants following him around. The, the guy's larger than life. He's got more money than Croesus. But the fact of the matter is every human being has things that they can be grateful for and also have things that are really hard. Disappointments, hurts. Uh, weaknesses, calamities, all kinds of things that happen to us. The human experience is tough. It, it just is. The human experience is tough. And I don't care if you live in a first world nation, a third world nation, or anywhere in between, no matter where you are in life, no matter what your experience is, you have had both good and bad in your life. That is the human experience. People we love get sick, they die. Uh, we struggle to find good employment or find work that, that is fulfilling for us or financially rewarding. We lose uh, income streams. We lose our jobs. We have friendships that, that fall apart. We have family members that hurt us. We have financial dire straits. We have sicknesses. We have frustrations and anxieties. We have things that seem unfair. Sometimes it's hard to find a relationship. Sometimes it's hard to find someone that you can love and that loves you back. Life can be very lonely. It can be depressing. It can be frustrating. There's a lot to life that can be negative and hard. And as I said a moment ago, that just is the human experience. It's not unique to any one of us. And that's, that's the thing. I mean, it, it's like hardship, sadness, hurt. All these things are, are common 
to the human experience. It's something that we all go through. Now, each person's struggles may be unique. Your struggles are not the same as my struggles. Your inadequacies are not the same as my inadequacies. We are equal in that we are inadequate, but we are not equal in the ways that we are inadequate. (laughs) We are equal in the way that we feel pain, meaning we all feel pain. We all feel hurt. We all suffer. We are we are not necessarily equal in those specific things. It doesn't mean that because I lost a love, everyone else has to lose a love. But human beings go through hardship. And this idea that gratitude is somehow uh, kind of just a, a little self-help hack or that, you know, oh, gratitude is just trying to get you to be complacent. You know, you know, being grateful is just a way to to keep you down so that others can get over on you. You just learn to be happy in your miserable circumstances. I'm hearing more and more of that idea. I don't know if you are, but as I look across the nation that I'm in and I look across the West, at least, I'm seeing people protest. I'm seeing people burn buildings down. I'm seeing people enraged at the current situation that they find themselves in or they observe others in. It's interesting to me at this point of time in human history where we have actually become the most equal. We've we've eliminated more inequality than ever before in the history of human existence. You know, save maybe when we were all living as, you know, just just a step away from apes, chipping little rocks to try to make an arrowhead and tying it with some type of animal ligament onto a stick so that we can maybe stab another animal to eat that day while we wore skins uh, and, and had to huddle around the fire at night for safety and warmth. I mean... Of course, mankind living a very primitive experience. And by the way, I don't believe that we evolved from apes. I'm just saying we, we were living like one step up from the apes in a primitive state. Lots of, lots of people groups came from that. So when we were living like that, I guess you had equality or very, or, or, you know, income equality. And it was equally harsh, equally mean, equally miserable. You had an equally short, miserable pain-filled life back in the primitive days. But if you look at where we are now, we have eliminated so much poverty. We have eliminated so much sickness. We have given more opportunity to more people. If you look at some of the the statistics, and you just have to look at the data, and this is the thing that people don't seem to want to do, but if you look at the data, we have reduced by half the tens and tens and tens of millions of people under the age of 15 that die annually in the world. I think at one point it was up to 24 million. We've halved it down to 12 million. I'm just shooting from the hip. I haven't looked at these statistics in a handful of months. So forgive me if I've got the inexact statistics here. You can look them up though. I mean, the, the principle of what I'm saying is accurate. We've cut in half the massive number, I mean, it's just tens of millions of people under the age of 15 that were dying from poverty-related deaths. These are sicknesses, starvations, and so on. Mean, cruel deaths of people in this very age. We've cut that in half. The number's still too high. Now, I can't remember if the number's like 7 million now or, or 12 million now, and it, and it used to be 14 million or you know, 24 million, whatever that number was. But never before in, the ta- in, the, in the ta- mankind's history 
have so many people enjoyed relative wealth? Now, yes, there are the Jeff Bezos of the world and the Warren Buffetts of the world and the, and the, uh, you know, the, the super filthy rich. I mean, the, the, those folks have always been in the world. So if you go, yeah, but it's not fair because the 1%, oh, the 99, but we're the 99, but the 1%. When you have 100% and you have differences between people on some level, you're always going to have a 1% and a 99%. That's just statistics. You can't get away from that unless you enforce equality for all. This isn't a, a discussion about equality, but the reason I bring this up is there's just such a focus right now on the things that make us unhappy, the things that we don't have the things that are unfair, the things that are unjust. And never before have we lived in a world that has been so just, so equitable, so wealthy, and so open for so many people. Now, is it perfect? No. If you're listening to this, you're like, Mike, but it's not good enough. I am not saying it's good enough. But my point is we have so much and yet we are so unhappy as a society. And what does that do to you and I as individuals? It, it, it destroys the soul. This ungratefulness, this unhappiness, this, this lack of joy, this, this focus on what we don't have and, and the things that pain us. And we have real things that pain us. In your life, you, maybe you've gone through, maybe you've lost a child. I mean, God forbid, maybe you've gone through the process, you've lost a child to sickness. Maybe you've experienced a divorce. Maybe... Uh, your parents divorced as a child and that wounded you. Maybe you were, maybe you were treated unfairly. Maybe you were uh, working very hard towards a degree and, and that you were treated unfairly in the graduate program. Maybe you got shut out. Maybe your career took a, a bad turn and you have not been able to recover from that. Maybe you lost your job and in the process of that, lost your home, lost your vehicle, fi experienced financial ruin. Maybe you've started a business and that thing's collapsed. I mean, all kinds of terrible things can happen. You, if you're listening to this, you've been through something. You had to have been through something. If you haven't been through something, please get on your knees and thank the Lord because you are, you are exceptional among mankind. But I'm bringing all this up to say not about inequality, not about unfairness, unjustness, that we live in such a wonderful time and yet we are so unhappy. And I think it's easy for you and I to be sucked into that. I struggle with it at times, but I've had a discipline in my life, a, 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 a thing that I've tried to do. And, and I tend to be a bit of an optimist. Now, you might catch me in a day when I'm in a bad mood, I'm frustrated, but you can ask my wife. I can be miserable, rah, 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 ranting and raving, upset, all kinds of bad stuff. Maybe I got dealt a blow business-wise. Maybe I lost an account or somebody, you know, I've had this before where like you're trying, you're bending over backwards to serve a client. And, you know, in one instance, I spent years for free helping this company figure things out because I was hoping for the opportunity to work together down the road. And I was happy to do that. By the time that they hired me, they had hired a marketing guy, and that's fine. But for whatever reason, the marketing guy felt a little threatened. He treated me terribly, embarrassingly bad. Like, I need you to come by the office right now. I come by the office. This was years ago. This is anything recent. Yeah, I need to see you quick, quick. Okay, I'll, I'll be there in 20 minutes. You know, you show up. And then he makes you sit in the lobby for half an hour. And eventually, when I say to the receptionist, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't, I dropped everything to come over here. I can't stay any longer. Then the next meeting when the owner is there, he shames you in front of the owner saying, well, why'd you leave? I asked you to come out and you, you didn't wait for me. You just left. And he makes it sound like I was unreasonable. This person is treating you like crap, right? 
And you sit in the meeting and that person has been like wormwood in the owner's ear telling them, and the, and the owner turns around and says, oh, all you care about is making money. It's like, are you kidding me? I've been generous to you because I believe in you, because I care about you and I want to help you in your business. I've been patient with you. I've given you proposal after proposal. I've helped you solve some things. I've worked with you know, your employee bef- before the marketing person uh, to help them as they've got their feet under them. I've been generous with my time. Why? Not just because I want to work with you, but because I want to help. And I was really grateful when you hired me and the work we did was great work. So, so I've had these things where you get mistreated, is my point. <laughs> A little story time with Mike. And you come home and, and I'm just discouraged. I'm frustrated. I'm exhausted. I'm angry, et cetera, fill in the blanks. But I tend to be very optimistic. I go to bed and I get up the next day and I'm just ready to get at it. So I, so I might have a bit of a predilection towards positivity. I'm a bit of a cynic, but I wake up every morning ready to just tackle it again. And one of the things that I do, and I want to share this with you, is I take some time, especially when I'm struggling. I try to take time. And I try to go through my life and look for the things that I'm grateful for. Look for the things that I have. Look for the things that are a blessing to me. I might stop and just say, you know, I've, I've got this wife, this woman who has given up everything for me, family, country, etc., and joined herself to me and put up with my nonsense for almost 30 years. She, she and I together were able to bring children into this world, and she gave up her her working career, et cetera, to help raise those children, to educate those children we homeschooled. I'm grateful for that. But sometimes it might just be a simple thing. I'm grateful that I can afford to, to have a nice glass of wine. I'm grateful that I have heat and electricity in my home. I'm grateful that there are people, not many, but there's a handful of people that I can call a friend. I'm grateful that I am able to write or to speak or, you know, just I try to find little things that I'm grateful for. And as I start going through that list, what starts to kind of blossom in my mind is how blessed I am, how fortunate I am, how good my life actually is. By becoming grateful, by focusing on that which I am grateful for. And sometimes it's just, there's small things. Sometimes there are things that we all take for granted. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is that day, I just try to focus on what I'm grateful for. I might look at my book collection and go, I'm just really grateful for these books that I have. And honestly, I really am. I, it makes my heart warm to see this, these shelves filled with books that I've read and some that I still want to read and haven't gotten to yet, but I'm grateful. I mean, just silly things. Whatever floats your boat, everybody's got their own thing. But as I do that, what blossoms in my mind is the sense that I am blessed. This flower opens up and radiates beauty and and a sense of calm and joy and peace in my mind and in my breast, my chest, because I realize how much I actually have. I've had some terrible things happen. Not the worst. I'm not not walking around going, I've had it worse than you. I lost my father in my early mid-30s. Too young. I've had businesses, multiple businesses fail spectacularly. I feel like I'm responsible. Now, some people go, Mike, you did the best you could, but I, I carry that. I've had some health issues. I mean, I, you know, the, you go through these things and they can be a real blow and you could just say, I, you know, I've been mistreated. I've been accused wrongly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, on the other hand, uh, I deserve it. Like, you know, I've done some stupid things. I've been, a, I've been a knucklehead. Sometimes, oftentimes, I'm my own worst enemy. 
So it's not like I've been, everything's unjust, but as you go through life, whether you've made your own bed and you have to lie in it, whether bad things have happened to you that are out of your control, no matter what these things are, spend some time focusing on what you have, what you've been given. They can be big things. They could be small things. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, God would tell the children of Israel, the Jews, to, to, on, on certain feast days to go through and just list out all the things that he had done for them. And I think one of the reasons that he had them do that, it was just to put them in the frame of mind to say, wow, God has done so much for us. Because all of us, no matter how much is done for us, you get in the midst of life, life will drag you down. It's exhausting. Just, just you know, don't do it, but turn on the news. Look at what's going on around you. Look at your own financial situation. Look at the, the weather. I mean, fill in all the blanks. It's easy to get down. But when we spend some time focusing on what's good in our lives, the, the, the wonderful relationship you have, maybe, you, you know, the, the, the great meal you just had, the, the ability to collect something that you really like or enjoy, the, the ability to have friends that like the same things. Maybe you're a musician, you can play a great guitar, you know, whatever it is. I mean, these things, they really, when we look at them, reframe our life and we, we realize how fortunate, how blessed we are. Now, this isn't just a little trick. As I wrap this up, this isn't just a little trick. This is a little life hack. Hey, you're going to be so much more positive and yippee-yay-yo. You know, you're going to be like uh, Flanders on The Simpsons, just hidey-ho, neighbor, always positive. You know, that this isn't a little trick. What this does, is it reframes your heart. It reframes your mind. You see life differently in, in, its, in its real this isn't a little hack, and, and good things come from that. Now, some people are like, well, the universe is attracted to positive people. Bah, that's BS. The, you, you, there's no universe that's attracted to positive people. The universe is a cold, it's the cold vacuum of space, kids, okay? But here's the reality. You know, as a believer, I, I know that God blesses you, blesses us for being grateful, for being thankful. It's a good, it's humbling. You know, you, you, when you have a position in your heart of humility, it's, I think it's just a good thing before God. But you don't have to be a believer. I say that all the time. I, I would love for you to be a believer, but the, this isn't going to be relevant to you only if you're a Christian. Let's face it. I like to be around positive people. I like to be around people that are grateful for what they have, that recognize what they have, that are humbled by what they have, that are more generous of spirit, that are more upbeat and positive. Now, I don't mind being around a friend that's struggling or down or having a tough time. I want to I help them. I want to bless them. I want to lift them up and encourage them. There's nothing wrong. It, this isn't about if you're, you've got to be Mr. or Mrs. Positivity. Otherwise, people won't like you. You have to be yourself. But even when you're struggling, spend some time looking at what you have. It will reframe your situation. And if you're struggling to do that, you're like, Mike, I'm trying, but I'm just not finding anything to be grateful for, then I would encourage you to find other people that are struggling and to bless them somehow. Live outside of yourself. Look at other people. You're saying, well, it's not fair. You know, I don't have any good relationships. Nobody loves me. I don't make enough money. You know, fill in all the blanks. I'm ugly. I'm short. Whatever these things are, you know, I, I just didn't win the lottery. And this guy over here, he's six foot five and handsome and all the girls love him. He's got money. I got nothing. I would encourage you to spend time with those that are unfortunate, that are less fortunate. Spend time with those that are struggling in life and help them. And that will help reframe for you what you actually have. It will help you realize how good your life is and can be. And I think for all of us, once we start to realize what we have, I, I think it just makes our days better. It, we're looking through a different set of eyes. We see the world differently. 
And I think people respond to that. People interact with that. And I think that that opens up opportunities. It opens up relationships. But but it just, I think more importantly than that, helps you and I to go through our life fulfilled. Now, I'm not saying to settle for things that are wrong in your life. I'm not saying that this should be some type of panacea or thing that just makes you feel, you know, an, an opiate that just makes you not address issues. Address things. Address them confidently with strength. But address them through this um, mindset, this worldview of, of a person who, who believes that they have been given much and that they're humbled and blessed by that and motivated and energized to give to others for the goodness that they've received. Uh, so guys, as we wrap this up, I want to tell you that I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you, my audience, who have hung in there with me through the highs and the lows. I thank you that you're still here, that you listen every week. I thank you for the folks that get in touch with me through Twitter, LinkedIn, and so on. Because of the podcast, I thank you for the friendships that we've been building. And uh, my, my prayer and my hope for you is that, that you're able to be thankful and that this year going forward into next year is, is nothing but, but goodness and uh, blessing and peace and joy for you. So, folks, as we head into Thanksgiving, I want you to know that I love you and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.